It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Yo, man. Oh, Miss Rusty, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast, the Public Access Podcast, here on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network, QGBN. I'm your host, Rusty Diamond. Check out other shows on the network, like When the Gloves Come Off, The Thinking Man's Pro Wrestling Podcast, Is It With Lizzie, and Say By The Ben. Shows brought to you by Fred Ben Savage's Fox, Stoner Reads Productions, Hardcore Entertainment, Hypnosis Is Great, and Sock Em Up. You can check out SockEmUp.org. That's where uh, people need socks. People need socks. That's what people are asking for, and people are not getting socks. So that's what Sock Em Up does. S-O-C-K-E-M-U-P dot O-R-G. Check out my website, rustydiamond.net. I don't need to spell it out, I don't think. So, you guys, thanks for being here. Like, subscribe, share, download, do all that stuff. You're already here. Uh, it won't be on YouTube for a couple of weeks because YouTube doesn't want me to talk about certain things. So they ban me from uploading stuff for two weeks. So it's going to be on Rumble. And if you don't want to see my face, you go over and you listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can check out the show and leave a message, man. You can check out. I'll play it on the phone or on the on the show. It goes right to my phone. I'll play it on air. 503-974-6420. Just leave me a message. And maybe you don't like leaving messages and you think. But I need messages, so send me messages, 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 send me messages. So thank you, everyone, for being here. I'm going to bring my special guest right here, right now. Right here, right now, we have Luna Ray Hall. How are you doing? Good. I am doing well. How are you? I'm not too shabby. It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, not a... Not a bad, not a bad day today. Just, yeah, uh, good. yeah, go going, going through the stuff and, you know, getting to, to meet new people. So it works out kind of all right for me. Definitely. And yeah. If I didn't like it, I wouldn't do it. So <laughs> I don't know why. If, if I, yeah. If I hated doing this, I wouldn't be wasting my time doing this. So, um, so let's see. So you're, you're in the writing game because I, I got, uh, your information from, uh from mickey correct correct yeah yeah i'm an author i have uh uh three books um my most recent is the patient routine um it's a horror novella um about a non-binary character who suffers from hypochondria or health anxiety depending on um what definition you look at um and they get trapped in a hospital um so that's that's my most recent and i also do poetry i have two poetry books that are out um, so I kind of do a, a do a few different things in the writing sphere. So what uh, I I try to steer clear of the because you've done other podcast interviews before I assume correct I I have yes okay so I I want to try to steer clear of because uh, if if I, I want to say so what made you become a writer I can say hey please refer to Luna's other podcasts <laughs> yeah and I'm sure Luna's mentioned this on probably at least one or two of those so yeah a, quite a, a, a few of them um you know maybe a half a dozen <laughs> yeah it, it's kind of the way it goes and so I mean 
because okay so for for writing so i i end up talking about this uh, on all of my all of the creative endeavors um because yeah. i know that they're uh they got me man all of them and they they've all bested me um where are you with uh, the ai chat gpt if that's because uh, i've everything i've done like i I create a lot of different things and even even the show, even the show, you know, I can say, screw it. I can let AI do it better. AI, they just did a thing with Google. Google can now be clever, um, AI clever, which is something that they thought wasn't going to happen mm-hmm. for a long time, but now AI can be clever. Um, so where, yeah. where are you with all that? How old are, are you like in your 20s? I'm a 30. 30 okay yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so i'm uh so where, where are you with all this yeah um you know i definitely think there's a lot of interesting tech that is out there um personally as a as an artist and creative you know i think that um humans should be making art and writing stuff and i think it's um it's it it feels a bit um I guess not to sound like a, a, a middle schooler, but it feels kind of icky um, when I see a lot of things that are created with um, AI. So um, yeah, I, th- I think for me personally, I don't really use, I, I mean, I've never used it for any creative thing. I've like dabbled with it, you know, like I've looked at like a chat GPT type thing or like a um, something and I'll like type in a thing and I get a response and that's about all I know for AI. Um, But I definitely know that there are, you know, certainly writers out there and definitely um, designers who utilize it. And I think they have been um, rightfully shamed for, especially for not disclosing that information. I think a lot of it's kind of, you know, under the covers that they um, are using it, Um, but, I, I mean, for me, I'll never use it. Like, that's just something I'll never really act use. Um, and I think for others, they can make that decision. I don't think I would ever purchase a book that was like purely AI generated. Um, I definitely think there are avenues where it can be used um, in a cool and unique way. Um, but I haven't seen that uh, firsthand yet. So, so how are people? being able to figure out if it's AI written? Um, I, I think there are telltale signs. Um, since a lot of the AI stuff is generated from learning, um, it uses a lot of the same same similar language to other um, creators. So I know that there was, it, there was a project, I believe, that got canceled that I learned about on Twitter or X, whatever it's called now. Um, <laughs> that was basically feeding books into an AI um, system and it was being able to like capture all this information. And then the thought was that they could spew out um, either, you know, books or they could, you know, give you all of this kind of metadata that you could use um, to do, to do your own writing. Um, So I, I think that you know, I think it's harder to see when it's writing because they are so advanced now. I think they're, they, you know, 
there are obviously some aspects of it that are not advanced that get caught up and that's kind of easy to see um definitely with more of the like book cover designs i think that gets that's more easy to you know spot when it has like six fingers or right you know, yeah this is um an extra it's always the, yeah and always something. the fingers yeah so um and you can tell it just doesn't sometimes I, I personally feel like you can tell it doesn't have that human touch sometimes um but i mean again as it gets more advanced who knows where it's going to go from from here yeah and i mean like i can't draw at all that's that's one part of art that is far 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 removed from myself and um yeah i mean it's just so easy to i don't know because like for instance, I always say like for music, like I can take a week making one track. Yeah. But then now I can make a track that's better than mine in 30 seconds. And it's frustrating. It's, yeah. it's frustrating. It's all hell. And um, I mean, same with writing. Uh, uh, I wanted to write. I, I had it write me a funny kids book about teaching kids not to piss in a pool yeah. and uh and man like i it was uh but then i fed it like my writing and got it to get my kind of voice which is another thing that it does and but then i don't know what it's stealing from I, you know and then it's, it's hard and then but i'm like i don't want to publish it because like i didn't i just came up with a goofy ass idea i didn't come up with any of the where it's like, I mean, I'm like, I'm half, half analog, half digital world here. Sure. I'm 40 years old. Like I, I grew up before yeah. all this stuff was out. And, but then I also used all this stuff. Um, and man, it's, I don't know. I, I can't, but then like for SEO shit or uh, marketing or writing a business plan, man, like it, just even doing that, man, like is a, a huge help. And I don't know, man, there it's, I'm, I'm back and forth. And I, I like hearing what everyone has to say, because everyone has kind of yeah. a different take on it. Um, kind of the whole spectrum of what they feel about AI and, you know, where, where it's going, what they feel is, is right with them and, you know, right with others. And, um, I mean, so, so like, if you're, you're out and about, you're out, uh, what, what, what's the, what's the place you find yourself coming up with ideas for either a part of your, uh, story or something, you know, a poem, is it usually one kind of type of place or is it kind of all over? Yeah, no, that's a. That's a good question. I think a lot of the times um, it, I'm really random. So I, I, most of the time I will write down a line or, you know, an image or some kind of detail um, into my phone, my notes app, and then I will let that kind of simmer for however long. Um, and I get those, you know, a lot of times I take a lot of walks. Um, I, I, you know, I have two dogs, so I, I spend a lot of time outside walking them. Um, so I'll, I'll get that. Um, I don't 
I don't like have a place where I like go to for inspiration. I, I, you know, I know a lot of people who like go to coffee shops or go to, you know, a specific park or, you know, um, something like that. I don't really do that. I struggle to write in a environment such as that. So I think most of the time I'm catching things throughout the day, you know, that are, um, that sound interesting or like have a interesting, you know, picture to them and then I will take that and incorporate it into whatever I'm working on because generally um, my process is that I pick a, a topic or something for especially my my poetry books I'll I will you know take a topic so my first book was on gun violence and masculinity um, so I focused all of my writing for like two years just on that topic and I kind of funneled in all of my writing into that what kind of uh, state did that put you in <laughs> um yeah that was definitely my most difficult book um that i've written so far um it had a lot to do with um you know i, I think there was a lot of fear you know i started writing that um i think 2015 and it came out in 2020 um so there's a lot of uh, you know, the Pulse nightclub shooting happened. Obviously, there's a, 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 you know, hundreds of shootings that happened. Um, and I was very deep into that tracking, um, you know, there, there are websites that track mass shootings and um, give you all this information. And I was uh, living that day to day for, like I said, like four or five years. Um, you're, and you're going on to this, this website every day in a way, hoping that there's more data, in a in a in a fucked up way to say it. Um, um, I, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I think so. Um, I think it was more so. You know, it wasn't every single day where I was going on there, but yeah, I mean, I would check it at least at least weekly, at least uh, you know a couple times a week, um, to see what had been happening, what was in the news, because a lot of these things. I mean, it's so common, it doesn't get onto, you know, sure. the news a lot of the times, you know, um, but I mean, you know, I had, I had a, it, it blends a lot of things with like my family and especially my brother um, and gun culture and hunting culture um, with the mass shooting and to, to kind of get to the point of, um, you know, I think it was, uh, it's it's a very difficult subject to broach, and I think that um, there's a lot of empathy that needs to be had with people who are you know staunchly for guns or against guns. I think there's there's a lot of conversation to be had there. Um, there's a lot of conversation needs to happen about a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Even if it's uncomfortable, it needs to happen. Yeah, no, uh, certainly I agree with that. Um, I think that one, you know, um, that that one hit home to me because I had I had so much fear of, um, you know, uh, things happening um, with my family because of guns involved in my family. So, um, so like that one was very difficult to, you know, I, I was so looking for all of these angles all of these things and connecting them to back to that main topic. Um, and then my second book was all about queerness and it was very happy. So it was a nice uh, transition for me. Um, 
And um, so I wrote all about that. And then my, the, with the patient routine, that was purely focused on, you know, health, anxiety, hospital stuff, horror. Um, so everything was, you know, dark again, but, you know, more focused on um, the horrors that I could put the character into as opposed to me, which was a nice break from a lot of my writing, which is very, um, I, I guess, self-centered or, you know, focused on the self. Um, it was nice to be able to put that onto another character and have them live their own life and have their own challenges. Um, so with, with your character, <laughs> I, I have a question. So, yeah. Uh, so one of the guys who, well, let's see, the guy that trained me with like promos and character development and all that shit um he told me the way that you know your character is if your character goes into let's say a mcdonald's or some other fast food joint and they screw up his order you know you can say what that character would do and how that character would react at that point and that's kind of when you know you know your character because once you know that you can put that into any situation of how you're character was yeah, going to act and um so we're, so was the character then like loosely based off you or was it so was it easier to come up with that that way or was it uh did you try to separate it kind of partially or fully or what what kind of went with that yeah uh yeah so ashton definitely started out um as uh, a fill-in for me as I was writing um, a lot of health anxiety stuff. I suffered from hypochondria and um, a lot of, uh, you know, related illnesses. OCD comes up a lot in it too. Um, so it, the characters definitely started as um, a, a fill-in for me. And it, as the story progressed, um, they they definitely took on their own personality and they took on their own um, flaws um their own ticks you know their own um everything where at the end of it um I don't I definitely don't see myself in it anymore besides that they are also a non-binary person um that's kind of the, where it ends um so uh I mean overall I think that Ashton has become uh you know I think they fit this story and they were I I don't want to say like created specifically to be tortured, but <laughs> I think that that comes up a lot in um, why some of the thing, like they are, they are, I'm, I'm using some of the more challenging dark elements of what I've experienced and putting that on them and seeing how that would go about. Cause I know a lot of the things that happen towards the end of the book um, are definitely not things that I would do, but they're definitely things that I've thought of, like things that I've, you know, intrusive thoughts or um, things that I've heard from experience for other people who suffer from similar um, things or, you know, vice versa. So I think that, um, I guess at this point, they're, they're, they're totally, totally different people now, me and me and Ashton, but they, you know, they came from the same core of that fear of the body and illness and diseases. 
Where'd you come up with the name Ashton? Yeah, um, I, you know, I think, um, I think it was just a random, um, you know, Google search or something like that, or I might have, I think I might have used it for another book um, previously that has been since scrapped. Um, but they went through a couple of iterations before I landed on Ashton, you know, I think their name was Robin at one point. Um, but I think Ashton um, kind of fulfilled that the, you know, it, it was supposed to be a kind of gender neutral um, name and that filled, fulfilled its purpose. Sure. And then, so are you like you or your family, are you guys from like somewhere, Illinois, Wisconsin or something like that? I'm from Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota. All right. Yes. Okay. We're, we're in Minnesota. I'm right, right in the Twin Cities. Oh, okay cool yeah. i i lived in uh in bloomington yeah over, oh, yeah. Uh, over on the the eden prairie side i was uh yeah man uh it's i i liked it there and then yeah i moved down to austin uh minnesota yes not yeah. not, not texas you have, you have to specify that later on uh, yes yeah, <laughs> yeah some, for some I, people yeah lived right next to the spam museum it was a five minute walk to the spam museum wonderful i you know yeah. i have never been there i have family who i don't know if it's ironically or not but they love that place <laughs> it, it's it's wild man like uh i don't know i was blown away i thought it would just and it's free i thought it would just be this crappy little like oh the spam museum like what's this but uh yeah. i don't know they, it was cool they take that seriously <laughs> yeah yeah, the whole town, man. They're they're either there or uh, it's they were either there or the Mayo Clinic. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, okay, so you're okay. So you're having the Twin Cities, and so, uh, man. Then I end up I end up talking about High V. Uh, yeah, talking about the grocery store and uh, and have you? Okay, another question. Have you been out to Paisley Park? What's have you had any? sort of stuff with that with where, where prince did his stuff yeah so i've i've been to it um after he died um i it was a super brief visit um like just on the outside i didn't i didn't go in um and that's kind of the extent of it um i definitely remember the day he died like that was a very very traumatic big event in minnesota um, sure yeah. uh, it, it closed yeah. down all the closed down everything put all the flags at half mast and uh yeah i know i was working at um a nonprofit at the time and i had gotten off at noon and that was right when the news broke and i was checking one of the news sites right before i left and um i remember like telling the office you know i was like prince died and nobody believed me it sure. was pure denial and then oh. And then on the whole way home, um, NPR was playing just Prince music 24-7. And I remember that was a very uh, somber drive home that day. Yeah. I, I felt most of the radio stations there, like I could almost always go through the radio stations. And by the time I get back around, there's some Prince song playing. Yes. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. We love our Prince. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there, so there was a thing maybe a year ago on uh, Channel 11 there. I think it's. I think it's K-A-R-E, um, but they were going through some of their old clips uh, and there was some like school 
I don't know, some school funding thing from back in like, you know, the 70s or something. Okay. And they're looking at this footage and uh, like 11 year old Prince is in it. Oh, and, cool. Yeah. And so like they did a whole thing on the news. Uh, yeah. And like they, they brought his friend on uh, to, you know, confirm because they called him something else. I forgot what the name was. It was some. I don't know whatever it wasn't Prince, but whatever, yeah. whatever they called him before that. But um, so, and what what was the nonprofit you were working for? What was that? Um, it was the Epilepsy Foundation of Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. So, what were you doing there? I was in their uh, donation um, department. Uh, just they do a lot of um, like street pickups where they pick up like old clothing, kind of like savers and the veterans. Okay. You know, um, so I was working yeah. in the department, um, helping with logistics and such. And so you, you left that, uh, I, I take it, I take yes. it, yeah, somewhere yep. in there. And um, so then, so most of your work, are you working from home? I do work from home, yeah. My, my day job, I work as an editor at a um, publishing company. Um, so yeah, I, I do work from home. Um, and I've been been there since um, the Epilepsy Foundation, actually. So I've had just one consistent day job for the last six years or so. Not a bad deal. <laughs> uh, yeah, just having one. Yeah. One job. Uh, that's got to be, I mean, nice. And so, so then, you still have the the ability to whenever something comes up. And so you said you use your phone for your ideas. Do you, do you have uh, do you carry around a notebook or uh, a legal pad or, uh, a, you know, uh, stone and chisel or anything <laughs> like that? Yeah. Um, so not anymore. I don't, um, especially because I'm home a lot of the times. Um, I have access to everything. So I have I have a notebook on my desk that um, I actually mainly draw in at this point. So I'll draw pictures or something. So I can remember it, especially when I'm working on like a fiction piece, if I want to like remember what the room looks like or something so I can keep that going. Um, actually, uh, I was I was working at that nonprofit when I was writing my first book um, and I did write, you know, they had all these uh, like old prints, uh, like old printed uh, paper that they were going to throw away, like recycle. So I would take yeah. those and write on them while I was there because I couldn't I couldn't go on my phone or I didn't have a computer you know because I was working um so I would write on those and then I would take them home and it would serve the same purpose so I'd have all these tons and tons of scraps of you know little half pages with nonsense on them half the time and then that would translate to the poems that eventually went into that book um I've since not done that for any of the books since then, because they've all been written with the notes app and, you know, Word and um, all digital at this point. Did you keep those around? Did you keep those uh, old pieces of paper? Yeah, I, I think I have a few. I think there's a few um, that I kept, but most of them, um, especially ones that I was like, oh, this doesn't, this, this isn't gonna work. Um, I yeah. and eventually recycled those. Um, but yeah, I, I have a few. Um, leftover of like the poems that were very critical to the collection. So are you thinking at some point you're gonna 
use those, like be able to recycle them uh, and put them into a book, just like kind of raw. Like you take like the the piece of paper. Like there was a guy I was talking to. He was uh, in some sort of hostage thing for a few years, and he sent a letter, like over a hundred letters or something, to his wife and family, and uh, that's what ended up becoming his his book. Just like oh, cool. But he didn't do it. Like I was like you. He like his rewrote it. I was like. That, I think that would have been cool to go and just take those letters and just kind of pop them on there. But I think I had to write some like some stuff in code because you know, the yeah. guards or whatever yeah. trying to get it past the guards. And for some reason, the guards let them send letters. But I don't I don't know. It's everyone has a story in a book um, yeah. <laughs> like you, you never know. I, I don't know what how much is is fiction, how much is not. and um. So then, I mean, yeah, would that be something you'd be you interesting? Know, I, um, I think that would be it'd be really cool if you know, two two decades from now, if I have a collected work where they put all my best my best stuff in one book, you know, having that in there, that would be super cool. Um, you know, unfortunately, I am a very poor handwriter, so uh, my legibility is. Um, I don't know if it would be actually able to be read by anybody um, outside of me. Might um, be like a magic eye thing, and only some people will see some stuff yeah, of it. Yeah, mine's terrible can, too. They can see a few few words here and there with just a bunch of lines everywhere, <laughs> everywhere else. Um, yeah. I knew what I was talking about, and it made a book. So hey, it right. worked. <laughs> and so, uh, so when you were writing the book, then was it? Did you do it like? Uh, do you do an outline or did you do it Stephen King and like sniff cocaine for a few days and just stay up and just write it all through, not knowing where you're going to get to and just sort of get somewhere and be like, okay, there's my book. Or was it very methodically thought out and you just kind of filled in the blanks? Maybe yeah, minus so, the cocaine, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, no cocaine for these books, at least, you know, who knows about the future. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, for the patient routine, um, which is the one that is fiction and actually has a through story, um, I had written the beginning and I know and I wrote the ending and I knew I wanted to get to that place. So I had to figure out how to get Ashton from, you know, A to B. Um, and through that, I did write, I, I just do a timeline where it's just, you know, a bullet list basically of like, this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, and then I'll do, like, and it should feel sad, or it should, you know, be right. um, scary, or, you know, whatever the, the feeling that goes with it, um, I'll put those notes in there, too, um, so, yeah, so, like, I have a timeline of everything, and it was, you know, never touched after the, actually, I started typing the words, because I would just reference it, and then I would let that, um, I, I would let that change if it needed. You know, there's definitely a few scenes in there where it was like, oh, that doesn't work now that I know the book better. Um, so I would let it naturally change if it needed to, but I, I, I did keep that beginning place and that ending place um, pretty, pretty solid throughout the entire process. Um, 
even when other things were changing and I was like, okay, I still need to get back to that ending. Um, And since then I've kind of followed that same format. I've written a couple other books that are in the editing um, revising stage. Um, And I've kind of kept that same process of having a very loose timeline. You know, sometimes it's, you know, for the patient routine, I had it pretty down where it was like nearly every, every single thing that Ashton did or like happened to them um, was like written down. And um, I wrote another book that um, hopefully will become my first novel, like full length novel one day. Um, And that was very, you know, it had like eight bullet points and I was like, I need to, this happens, this happens and it, it gets to there but there's so much in between that I was coming up with on the spot and still need to kind of flesh out. Um, And then for the poetry collections, those really are just, I go in, I write as many poems as I can about a topic. I put them all in a book and I see where they fit in, what, you know, I like to think that, especially my first book, um, the one about gun violence does have a bit of a, a bit of a, arch, uh, you know, a a story arc to it. Um, But I think overall, that's really just putting in the best work that you can do and putting that out there. Um, So that one doesn't need like a timeline, but I definitely write, I I write, you know, like topics. So like, I know, like I was talking about like, this one's about mass shooting. How many do I have about like directly about mass shooting? How many do I have about my father, how many do I have about nature? How many do I have, you know, I was making sure I wasn't overdoing any one specific topic in the grand scheme of the larger topic. Yeah. And so then are you like, are you self-publishing or you have a publisher or? Yeah, no, uh, I have a publisher. All of my books have been um, through publishers. Yeah. So like, what do you get when you're about on how are you feeling when you're like on revision four or five? Uh, where's, where's your head at then? Um, so, <laughs> um, so with the, um, with the patient routine in particular, I definitely went through a lot of changes. So it's also um, a novella in verse. So it's written in poetic lines. It's not in paragraphs. Um, and that was a huge thing. You know, I had a lot of um, publishers who were like, this is a cool story and we like it, but like, this isn't going to sell. So, um, and I finally got one, you know, Bridges Gate Press who were my publisher for that. They're fantastic. They believed in it. And, um, so I, I had, I had many versions of it because I was trying to get it published. So I had a version that was, you know, in, you know, paragraphs and I had a version that was kind of a mix of both. Um, and I told them, I was like, Hey, if you want it to be one way, like, I'm cool. Like I'm, you know, I was like, I want to get this published. Yeah. Um, so I went, it went through a lot and a lot of revisions and I had several, um, after we decided to be like, yes, let's just do it in verse. Um, I had a lot of, you know, tweaking of like, okay, how do I make this still feel very poetic? while maintaining the story because it doesn't you know you have to cut out a whole lot when you don't have 40,000 50,000 words and you're working with significantly less words so I think when it got down to that point where I was like cutting a lot it was very 
it was very um, challenging to really be like, all right, well, how do I, how do I accurately get across what the hell is happening while still being, uh, you know, beautifully written um, and uh, poetic. So I think it was a lot of just, you know, it's a little stressful when you get to that point where you're, um, you've gone through it a ton of times. Um, And then I think you get to a point, at least I do, and this has gotten to all of, all of them. I just have another book that comes out next year that um, I just sent my final edits to. I think it gets to the point where you're kind of disconnected from, from the work where you're just like, yep, that's not even mine anymore. Like that's just, it's out in the ether. Um, I've looked at it, you know, 20, 30, 40 times, like in total, it's just, it is what it is. (laughs) Um, So I kind of gets to the point where uh, you know, they're like, hey, can we, you know, remove this one thing or change this one thing? And you're like, yeah, go ahead. Like that yeah. makes sense Let's to just me at this it. point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so then you said you had a couple of dogs. What are your dog's names? Yes, they are. Um, I'm my older dog. He's five. He's um, a beagle and his name is Yoshi. And my younger dog is one. She's just a pup and her name is Sylvie. Yoshi and Sylvie. Okay. So when yes. you're taking Yoshi and Sylvie out, I don't, I don't, they can't hear me, right? Oh, they can. They're right here. Okay. So <laughs> when that's fine, they're trained. You're taking them out for a, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Where, yes. where you're doing this with them. Yes. And, yes. Yeah. I'm I don't want to get, I, I can't even spell it out because dogs. Oh, they, they, they know, know that. that they, one oh, they definitely know that spelled yeah. out said, said weirdly, they know it all. Yeah. So then when you're out doing that, uh, I mean, are they ever part of the inspiration of, of those stories or are they, uh, so you're like, Hey, uh, yo dogs, hold up a minute. I got an idea. Or, or do you, do you ever start writing in your notes app and then, you know, trip over the sidewalk or something or what's. Yeah. Yeah, since I do uh, spend a lot of time walking them, and that's kind of my primary. Um, it's the best. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that they are they inspire things. I think they've um, they <laughs> we we have a ton of woods by by my home, um, and I think that helps it because they um, they're very observant of what's happening in those woods and I you know nature comes into play a lot in my writing um so I like to watch them and see what they're doing and that you know plays into some of the imagery and things that happen um in in my writing um one of the books I've been writing was about um a national park so a lot of you know we go walk past the woods and I would use a lot of that you know what they're you know the bird coming out or what's on the woods um you know what are on the trees um etc um so I think they definitely help in that but yeah I definitely get caught you know being like all right when you stop I need to write this down like I'm I'm gonna forget this one you know most of the time I'm pretty good where I'll just keep saying it in my head where you know I'll get a sentence or whatever and I'll just say it in my head until I can write it down but sometimes I definitely have to stop them and you know be like all right take a pause sit and I got to write this down quick. That's impressive. You can keep 
keep saying that and remember it. Uh, if I try that, if I, if I tell myself, oh, yeah, I'm going to keep saying I'll remember it. Five minutes, no, not in five minutes, probably a minute later, it's gone uh, if I don't write it down. Yeah, I, I had to do that a lot during um, when I was in college, um, when I would get something like at the beginning of a class that was like a two hour class. And I didn't have an option to write it down because we were doing a lab or, you know, whatever it is. And I just would, I just trained myself to keep saying it over and over again. And, you know, uh, 80% of the time it, it stuck with me, <laughs> you know, um, sometimes you definitely forget where you're just like, shit, that's gone. Yep. That might've been my best sentence ever. And it's gone, but it's gone. What, do, what can you do? Right. And so then do you, with your notes app, that was something that I found even with right in the notebook, how often do you go back over and look at the stuff or do you just because I had stuff I would write down that I never look at again and it's like why did I even do that like do you, do you go back and or do you have like one one uh list of notes or do you have like different notes for different uh subjects or um stories or poems or yeah um yeah so I have um kind of what I do is and any the fiction book that I'm writing um I have one like note for it and I typically have that pinned at the top of my notes app and then poetry I just kind of write down lines in one big thing and once I incorporate that into a poem I'll get rid of it so I'm looking at that pretty consistently I like to sit down at least like once at least once a month to kind of sit down and be like all right is there anything in here that I can use. Um, and then I'll, you know, a lot of the times I'll read, I'll read the note and it'll be, you know, uh, not good. Um, so I'll just what does this any, mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. So especially ones that get written, like when I wake up or like in the middle yeah. of the night, those ones are either very genius or very, very, very incoherent. <laughs> I think there's a Seinfeld or Curb Your Enthusiasm episode about that and just going and like asking everybody, like, what, what do you think this means? I, mm -hmm. I wrote it down. I don't. Yeah, it definitely know, yeah. does that feel sometimes. <laughs> and so then, I mean, you, so you're waking up, you're thinking about this, you're, you're in bed about to fall asleep, still thinking about this. Um, I mean, is it, it doesn't stop, right? It just keeps, it's just always there. Or is there a time yeah. when you have to, are, are you able to force it to stop? Or do you want to get to a part in your day when you want it to force a stop and not think about it? Um, yeah, so I, you know, I definitely, if I'm very consciously resting, I can turn it off pretty well. Um, but for the I most see. part, I keep it, I keep it, you know, I keep thinking and I keep working pretty much 24 seven on, and, you know, writing stuff, um, trying to like, um, make sure that I'm always finding new things to talk about, finding new ways to say things. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's wake when I wake up to when I go to bed, I'm always trying to like think of things and, um, but like I said, yeah, like I can definitely turn it off if like need be. I just don't most of the time. That's, might come up with a good idea then. Never know. And so, I mean, like, uh, so like 
where where is your your work available? Is it uh, is it Amazon? Is it in uh, in bookstores, libraries? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, um, gym down the corner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no gyms that I know of yet, though okay. I'm sure someone named Jim probably has one. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Bookshop, uh, Books a Million, all the online realtors. It's in several um local bookstores throughout the um throughout the united states i know there are a few in australia that have it a few in europe that have it um hot dog yeah so it's it's uh it's pretty much everywhere i i know that you know i always like to tell people if you are unable to support you can always go to your local library and request it be held there because that also is super tremendously helpful um, and doesn't so, cost you anything. <laughs> so what happens there? Because that was something I was asking someone earlier about that and kind of like looked at me like I was crazy or, or something asking about like if it's at a library. But so like, so if I, I went to my library and I said, hey, I want one of Luna's books. What what's What's the process then in that? Do they like does the library go like oh uh okay i know luna but do i how do i get a hold of luna do i get a hold of luna the publisher and then then what happens and then how do they get the book yeah um so i can i can speak for kind of the one that i know i've requested a few books at my local library and uh, the process is really simple you know you submit you say hey i want this book to be held here um, sometimes uh, from what I understand, sometimes they get denied because there are too many of XYZ book, but most of the time they get approved, they'll go and purchase the book, um, from the, either the publisher or the distributor. Um, and then it's in the, in the library. Um, it's generally a pretty easy process for most of them. From what I've seen, they have online forms where you just, you know, provide the name and the author and the the ISBN, which is the, the code on the back. Um, and it's pretty simple. And then you'll hear back from them and however long it takes them, I think mine is a few days. Um, and they were like, cool, it's proved. We purchased it. It should be in the store or in the library. And I think it was like a week. That's killer. Um, and so then where can people find you elsewhere? If they want to find you, uh, either online or like every so you can find your book or if they want to find you hopefully not in a back alley or something <laughs> uh you know yeah. wherever they want to find you yeah definitely i have a website lunarayhall.com it has all of my published materials on there all of my books on there um it has an events calendar i do readings um i try to do readings as often as i can um, you can also purchase signed copies of my books on the website. Um, and uh, I'm also on pretty much every social media website at Luna Ray Hall. Same thing. Uh, Twitter, Instagram. I'm most active on Instagram, uh, TikTok, Facebook, etc. Um, if it exists, I'm probably there. What do you do on TikTok? TikTok, I do a lot of... Um, I put, I put my poems out on there, um, either performing them or having um, all, you know, text-based things with music in the background or I'll be on camera performing. Um, I also did a 
a series of videos um, for the patient routine that was kind of leading up to it with, um, um, that was kind of like, uh, how do you call it? Um, promotional videos for the hospital that the book takes place in, I guess. So it was kind of riffing on that. Um, cool. So I do a, a variety of things on there. Awesome. Well, hey, well, Luna, awesome. Awesome talking with you. Not knowing what we're going to get to, what we're going to talk about it. We got, we got somewhere pretty cool. I'm happy yeah. with that. Yeah, definitely. So, Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I very much appreciate you being here and enjoyed it. And so, yeah, uh, have a awesome rest of your day. Uh, if you ever do go back over to Paisley Park, I would, I would recommend it. Uh, it's cool. And the fact that when you go in and when you walk inside, you have to give your phone up or your camera up. Oh, and they sure. put it in a, a locked thing. So nobody in there uh, is, you're not going to have someone standing in front of uh, a, a platinum record while you're yeah. trying to look at it. Yeah. Uh, doing doing this or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, and man, it's, it's a cool place. If, uh, if you ever get, get a chance, I would, I would recommend that one. Um, I don't, I'm not big on tourist attractions, but that was something that was that was pretty darn neat so um, yeah definitely I'll yeah. I, yeah it's always been something I wanted to get into it just was never never the cards were never right take a trip out to Chanhassen um yeah cool. it's, not, it's not too far so yeah. awesome well hey well yeah have an awesome rest of your day man uh yeah. we'll talk to you soon all right all right thank you so much all right you bet uh Yep. And I I didn't. I don't know. Uh I didn't. I, I don't know. Uh anyway, thanks for listening, you guys. I didn't I didn't, I didn't mean to say man, but it's just something I say. So um sorry. Uh yeah. So you guys, thanks for listening. Appreciate everyone listening. And that is the show, man. Boom. It's Rusty Diamond. Motherfucker! It's Rusty Diamond Motherfucker! Ernest! 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 <coughs> Yes, Pee-wee. You brought the snacks, right?